0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning into the Yvonne Latrell's podcast. I am the host, Yvonne Latrell. With me today, as always, is my awesome co-host Essie for our thoughtful Tuesday show. Hello SC, how are you? Good,
1: Yvonne. I'm good, Yvonne. You sound a little, like,
0: echoey. Oh, hold on. Let's see. How about now?
1: Talk a little more.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Yvonne Latreau, and I'm not echoing. No, 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 you're not. (laughs) Great. So I want to say, uh, first of all, thank you all for tuning in to our Thoughtful Tuesday show where Essie and I will be interviewing actor and producer Keith Lakeen Powell. He will be joining us in the next 30 minutes. But in the meantime, Essie, what's going on with you on this thoughtful, terrific Tuesday?
1: Nothing much, you know, just busy getting my podcast and everything going, you know. I started mm-hmm. doing some pre-recordings so that uh, we can get everything going. i been running by April. the awesome. date back, only because i got a bunch of people that want to come on the show, and have reached out to me, and i reached out to a bunch of them. So I'm doing a bunch of my pre-recordings now and we will go on the air april 1st
0: awesome. Tuesday, Monday. Awesome. that's great
1: be on the okay. lookout for the voice behind the pen podcast
0: yes we we will definitely keep our listeners updated we will definitely remind them on on the date so uh, let's see. Hold on. I was trying to see. Okay. Yeah. So um, in other news, what's going on? Um, anything in the news that you want to talk
1: about? Well, um, I know you've seen the situation with the young lady in Walmart. The young lady that was walking around with her kid and he was on a Pampa you clothes on okay
0: yeah so yeah that yeah the young lady she had her her child in a buggy and all yeah all he had on was a pamper and he was shivering and yeah i i'm i'm definitely happy that you brought that topic up because i was on instagram and i seen a lot of people on instagram they were very upset with the the woman that recorded the incident, it was, Mm -hmm. you know, okay. Yeah. So the people on Instagram, they were upset with her and the people on Twitter, they were on her side. And it's really, it's really so sad that a lot of the the comments came from uh, on Instagram came from the black community and they were, uh, you know they were upset saying oh you're you're taking a child from the mother and you're putting the child in DCF and you know things like that or whatever and a lot of the people from the white community you know they felt like the lady that recorded it that she did the right thing and i definitely feel like she did the right thing and it's so sad for anyone to think that a child should remain in a home with a unfit parent or a guardian like i mean come on yeah. if this child is shivering the, the you know the child is shivering the, the the child is cold so that basically mean this a female does not know how to raise a child Or I I don't know if she's struggling or she's upset or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, you don't go into a grocery store. The grocery store is already cold, and you're in there pushing this child around in a pamper.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, if they would have did their research, you know, everybody that complained about her getting the child taken away or whatever, the -hmm. police contacted a uh, guardian for the child. Somebody that was legal age and somebody that was a relative, that's what I meant to say. They contacted <laughs> a relative and the relative came and got the child. So the child wasn't put in the DCS or anything like that. Now, is the mother unfit? I think the mother is very unfit. I think that the mother needs some type of psychological help right. because when the people confronted her, she started twerking and dancing, you know? But then... You know, I'm so stuck on the fact of people do so much stuff for clout. Right. You know, every time we see, like, we we get on a subject, we be like, yo, did you hear about this? or Did you hear about that? And then we hear the following week or a couple days later, oh, it was all for clout. The person lied. Like the young lady that I talked about that was going to St. Augustine College in North Carolina. When I mentioned it, one week I had talked about she had posted and shared some texts between her and the ex, and the ex supposedly gave her HIV or AIDS or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the couple of days later, find out it was all for clout. She did it for clout. And then when people were confronting her about it, it was like no big deal. She was like, all right, whatever. You know, y'all caught me in a lot. So what? And it's like nobody has remorse for anything that they do. So I personally, I try to, and I've been trying to stay away from, like, subjects about the news only because of things like this. Now, what if we find out a couple days later there was nothing wrong with this girl and she did it only for clout because she knew she was going to go viral? Right. And that seems like that's what everybody's doing now, you know. Somebody had posted a picture, and they said that if the Titanic sank, around now this time that people would be dying and they have their cell phones out videotaping you that, know oh and, and it is yes. yeah it is the true they had all the people in the water all of them had their cell phones out videotaping the boat going down
0: but that is, that but that is true oh my gosh that makes so much sense anything yeah. that happened yeah everybody is going to have their cell phones
1: out yeah, it's just it's just crazy. You know, the first thing people go to is their cell phone. Nobody calls for help. You know, they wanna be the first ones to, to go to World Star or go viral with a video. hmm You know. So but I hope that child winds up, you know, in a better position, better situation than what he was, because that was no fake that wasn't no show. That little boy was cold because I seen the video and people yes, were buying him clothes, too. you know? Yeah. So, you know? But well, who's to say that the mother didn't do it for Cloud?
2: You I know? don't know. I say, just know though? that was
1: crazy. How did she get that far to the store? Well, she could have been in a car and drove to the store, you know? But I don't know. That's That's just crazy to me, you know? Yeah. That's just real crazy to me. Yeah, There's just so much going on in the world. You know? Yeah. But, do you got anything um... that you want to touch on? Us? Did you see that? Okay, I got another one. Now, this, okay. I know this wasn't fake. Okay. Uh, and not to say because it was on TMZ that it wasn't fake. But did you see the the father that dove into the shark-infested waters to to get his son out of there? One of the sharks apparently bit his son, and he was bleeding. And and it was I think it was in the Bahamas because you know you can go swimming with the sharks and everything. And apparently no. one of the sharks must have bit him or something. Yeah, I'll tell you the video. One of the sharks okay. must have bit him or something because the blood the, the where the boy was at. It was it was so red, like the blood was so much coming out. But you know, when you get when you get a cut and you're in water, it makes it look worse than what it actually is. And the father the father dove right in there and got his son up out of there. You know. Wait, but that, how did that he? That is dad of the year. How did the son get in there? He was I I, I think he was swimming with the shark because in certain countries, like you know, like Pandora. Pandora goes to to different countries and she's gonna swam with some crazy stuff. <laughs> oh wow. And I think he was I think he was swimming with some sharks or something. One of the sharks attacked him, you know. Mhm. And the father with no hesitation dove right in that water. Yeah, you know, got his son. You know, so you know, that the father is definitely dad of the year is definitely one of the dad of the year for 2024. 20, yeah. Oh, and You wow. got some parents that be like, well, I got two more. <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, I got two more kids in the house. This boy, yeah, I didn't really care too much, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Boy. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, yeah, so you can send me that, but I did want to touch on murder. We have spoken about this before. I just want to touch on it again. A few days ago here in Florida, there was a 17-year-old that was driving a vehicle in Miramar, and the, the young man lost his life. Him and his girlfriend, they were in a car, someone shot up the vehicle, he lost his life and his 17-year-old girlfriend is now in critical condition, fighting for her life, but they did say that it looks like she's going to pull through, which is a great thing. So, um the the police department are saying that if anyone know anything about it, if any type of tips that they can get from the community to give them a call at 954-493-TIPS, to give them a call. Again, that number is 954-493-TIPS. Give them a call if you know anything. And my, my thing that I said before, anyone that has ever lost a loved one to gun violence, if they were... Around any type of traffic where there's a traffic light, if there are some cameras over there, first of all, you wanna start with pulling those cameras, pull any cameras over you know like if it's if there were you know if they were by a traffic light, and if they were by any public buildings that and those buildings have cameras, pull those cameras like You know, that's that's my first suggestion. And also, if anyone knows something, if you know something, say something. It is very important that you don't let these killers just run free and kill someone else. You're not being a G. You're not being solid. You're not being this gangster that you think that you are by not telling. You're an idiot because if this person gets mad, they're going to turn around and kill you also. I had a conversation with SC plenty of times, and I told him if I have a family member and I know that this family member is a serial killer or just killed somebody, period, if I know, you're going to jail. And I'm not going to be anonymous. I'm going to call the police and I'm going to let them know that hey, I have a family member, they killed somebody. They told them, you know, they I heard, I overheard them or whatever the fuck I'm telling. So, if you know something, just say something. It's not worth it letting these evil people run loose, these evil ass people. And for the evil people out there that are committing evil and going around killing people, your day is going to come. You may, not, you may not think it's going to come, but it's going to come sooner than you think. So that's how I feel about that. And Essie, is there anything that you have to say about that topic?
1: Well, no, you know, it- I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, some people think it's it's breaking a street code, if you tell. Some people, you know, they don't want to get in the middle because they don't want to be another victim or the next victim, you know. And a lot of times, too, when people come forward, you know, sometimes you become – you get under investigation as well. Sometimes they run – well, they definitely gonna run your name. It's going to run your name. And they say, oh, it's for a reasons. But it's also to see if you didn't do it, what could we lock you up for? And maybe you can tell us more, you know? But what so if it's you, a damn if you do it, then you don't.
0: But what about if you want to remain anonymous, then what? Oh,
1: well, you know what? This is where the, the anonymous thing goes. You know, sometimes you want to remain anonymous. They got to pay you. Right? So they say, oh, we'll <laughs> give you a code or whatever. You know, or we'll give you this. You don't think that they know who's going to come collect that money and then turn around and investigate you or start watching you because they're like, oh, how did you know so much? You know, so it's, it's, it's. A damn if you're doing, damn if you don't situation, you know. So, like I said, I get it. I get why some people don't want to get involved. It's just too much of a hassle, especially if it ain't your family member, you know. And it's just sad that that's the world we live in, but that's just our reality, too.
0: I mean, you you can always remain anonymous and don't go pick up the money.
1: Nah, (laughs) people ain't going (laughs) to be (laughs) I'm <laughs> anonymous did not get the money. You know, we live in, the, everybody's, everybody's struggling. You know, nobody, even the people that were considered, you know, top-tier class citizens, they're struggling. Everybody's struggling. This economy is, is the worst right now, you know? So I can't see it. I really can't see it.
0: You know, so. I hear you.
1: Well, um, enough of the sadness. Okay, well. Enough of the sad news.
0: Okay, well, in other news real quick, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pay some bills. We have some advertisement here. Okay, so let's see this company's name. Okay, tax season is here. So there's a company. It's lead by example tax solution. Again, that's lead by example tax solutions. If you are looking for someone to do your taxes, you can give them a call. They have two numbers. Uh, let's see. Okay, their first number is 561-855-2157. Again, that's 561-855-2157. And they also have a number that's 305-924-2899. Again, that number is 305-924-2899. Have your taxes professionally prepared by an expert. Again, that's Lead by Example Tax Solutions. Also... If you are looking to do your taxes, there is a company, it's called, they're called Protein Tax. Again, that's Protein Tax. They have a tax office, and they serve in all 50 states. You guys can give them a call. Their number is 407 764 I mean, that's 0280. Again, their number is 407-764-0280. And that's protein tax. Their number again is 407-764. 0280. And don't forget, they serve in all 50 states. And if you are in the Florida area and you are looking for a mobile notary, you guys can contact Williams and Williams. They have a number. It's 954-579-9180. Again, that's 954-579-8180. And also... Our, our very own SC. As you all know that he is coming out with a podcast and he is working on that currently and he's doing interviews. You guys can check out SC website. It's www.theauthorSCdickens.com. Again, that's www.theauthorSCdickens.com. You guys can check out his work, his books, and soon his podcast will be available April 1st. And that's all that I have for advertisement today. Back to you, Mr.
1: Dickens. uh, I need to commend you. You've been working real hard because I know the last two months, We've been working with you with your numbers, and you finally got them right. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We see you struggling a little bit, but you got the numbers together, you know. Keep it up. It's it's good. It's good. (laughs) Keep it up. Well, I, 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 I commend you. On learning your numbers, next week we'll work on the rest of your colors. You know, you got the basic colors now.
0: <laughs> and one color we're working on is black because when I'm finished with you, you're going to have two black eyes.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, In other news...
0: And other news, guys and dolls, do not forget, if you want to call the show live and listen live with me and SC, the number, our number here, SC and I and, my, and me, our number here <laughs> is 563-999-3548. Again, our number is 563-999-3548. You guys can call in live. And... Also, if you have a show idea, or if you would like to advertise your business, or just be a guest on the show, you guys can hit us up. Um, Our podcast text number, you guys can call or text us at 305-204-3371. Again, that number is 305-204-3371. And... I was going to say something else, but I totally forgot what I was going to say. So I'm going to give it back over to you,
1: Essie. <laughs> I figured, looking at some of these emails and some of these questions and some of the things that we've shared amongst ourselves. And I want to talk about one of them. Well, we could talk about two of them if we can. One of the the posts was, never trust a dude who looks at a little girl and says she's going to be bad when she gets older. What are your thoughts on that? Being a woman. Okay. uh, Can you repeat that? It says, never trust a dude. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Hold on. The screen went, hold on. The screen went out. It says, never trust a dude who looks at a little girl and says she's going to be bad when she gets older. Oh wow. I
0: I agree with that because I feel like a a grown man should not be looking at a little child with thoughts of her, you know, and you know, imagining her as a woman like you know no way you just no i i agree with them
1: okay well i'm i'm sitting i'm gonna sit on the fence on that okay. one and the reason okay. why i say i'm gonna sit on the fence with that because if the man is being sincere and saying how beautiful this young, young lady is i get it but if he has a history of being a child molester then there's a problem <laughs> you understand what i'm saying oh my god there's, right, a thin right. line. there's a thin line between like oh wow she's gonna be fine when she gets older oh, you know or damn shorty's fine yeah man i can't wait to see what she look like when she get older you understand what i'm saying yeah those are different mindsets because you saying Oh, I can't wait to see what she looks like when she gets older. So that means that when you get older, you might try her. You know? Yeah. And 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 again, that's my opinion.
0: Okay. So I'm, I'm
1: not the one that that criticizes or, or crucifies somebody for having an opinion. Everybody has a, a right to have their opinion. So,
0: okay. But well, that, what were you gonna say? Okay, so someone had told me once I was riding my bicycle. It was, it was some guys. They they were older than me. Uh, I was a teenager. I don't know. I could have been thirteen, something like that. And I don't know. I, I don't know how old they were. They could have been like in their early twenties. I don't know, something like that. But one of the guys did say, but I mean, but it wasn't bad. He didn't say anything like that. He just said, "Wow." you're going to be a heartbreaker when you get older. So that, I mean, so I guess like it depends on how you word it, maybe.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it it depends on on the person themselves, you know? Because, you know, some men, we, we just speak and don't think before we say certain things and we don't mean no harm by it. And then there's some dudes that are just straight perverts. Yeah. You know that are just straight. Just something wrong with them. You know. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. hard to distinguish which is which because we stand so close to each other. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You could be with your friend and not even know your friend is a straight pervert or a child molester or whatever. But you you say something genuine, be like, oh wow, she's gonna be a, she's gonna crush him. You know, because sometimes. We even jokes amongst ourselves when we tell our friends, like, boy, you better get your shotgun ready because she's going to be a fine thing. You understand what I'm saying? So I think it really deals with the person and the context. I mean, I
0: can, under- I can understand get your shotgun together, but uh, a fine thing to, uh, you know, I don't think that the fine thing part, I don't think that that's appropriate to tell a, a dad oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah
1: yeah 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 i i think that's gonna come across no matter who you are wrong so far these little girl gonna be fine you know <laughs> yeah because bad enough he's shaking his head because starting to get a shake she's starting to fill herself she's starting to fill out you you and as in the trauma the trauma that goes Behind a father knowing that one day somebody's gonna mess with his daughter, somebody's gonna mess with his daughter is like unthinkable. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh my God, somebody's gonna try to screw my child. Right? Yeah,
0: it's it's
1: it's it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I'm just fortunate. Knock on wood. Neither of my daughters are interested in nobody. They into their books and everything else. They don't even hang out. They don't even have but one friend apiece, I think. And they don't even be on their phones like that. And I was so, you know, not going with. They come home. They stay in their room. They don't. And I'm just like, thank God. You know, my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter is out of out of school. But she doesn't yeah. go nowhere. She stays in the house, you know, for the most part.
0: hmm
1: You know, so... I'm just, I'm just happy, you know. But when the day come, boy, whew, no, no. Well, we got um. How about another one? Let's take this one. You will never understand how sneaky a female is unless you her side, dude. What do you think about that?
0: Mm. um i i mean well i i would say a friend would know i mean i i understand that the side dude will know and also i'm pretty sure she might have a girlfriend that knows that she's messy mm.
1: Well, let me tell you something. A lot of times, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna break a, a bro code with this one. A lot of times, we don't trust women because some of these guys are traumatized by some of the stuff they seen their mothers do. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of times. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes these men are the side dudes. They sit in a room and leave on the phone. I'm gonna give you a for instance. This is this was a, the moment that that like made me like really think about women and their actions, but this helped me think about it. One day I was on a shoot we had a girl that came and shot for us. I'm not going to say her name. She shot a scene for one of our male talents. Now, she did everything under the sun to this man, swallowed and everything, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and listen, the dude called while she was on set. And she told him she was with the girls. So she was like, yo, we at the hotel, you know, blah, 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 yada. We watched this girl walk out of the room, go downstairs, get to the car, and kiss her boyfriend in the mouth.
0: Uh-uh, and get the no and way.
1: And we was like, whoa. And I'm telling you, that that was one of the things. I'm not saying that was the thing. but That was one of the things that stayed in my back of my mind about how a woman can play, you know, a situation, you know? But enough of my horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Are we ready for the guest?
0: Okay, yes. We're, yeah, we can uh, go ahead and bring on the guest. And, yeah, we. I, I want to talk about that SC next week. I want to finish talking about... That right there, that is, oh my god! You might
1: have to bring Lucas on the show because Lucas is telling you, we don't see some things, boy. Oh we my god, we don't see some things, bro.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah. so yeah, um, okay, yeah. So we're going to bring on the guests again, everyone. We have actor producer Keith Lakeen Powell, so bringing him on now. Okay. Hey, Hi, Keith. can you hear us?
2: Yeah, I'm here. I'm here.
1: Hey, what's up, my brother? How are you, man? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. Can't complain.
2: Okay. I'm doing good. <laughs> so, listen, I to tell you, you
1: know. doing. We good. I can't complain. You know, Yvonne's going to always complain, so you really oh
2: can't answer that question.
0: I'm great. Thanks for asking.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so listen. So let me give everybody a little backdrop about Keith. I met Keith when I was doing the auditions for my movie, The Lounge, and his brother stood up and he was willing to look out and help me with the project, and I I thought that that was very commendable, and I wanted to thank him on the on the show on that offer. He extended the olive branch in in his hand to help me because he knew I I didn't know anything about the production world or anything like that. I just knew about the screenwriting and everything. And he was just ready to jump in and help me, you know, and ready to put the pieces together for me, you know, and I just wanted to thank him. You know, I've told him before, but I just wanted everybody to know. So I thought that he would be a good source to bring to the show and help some people that are are looking to try to get into the production game, get into the movies, because he also has several movies on Tubi. All right? So I thank you again, my brother.
2: Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yes, sir, I appreciate it. No problem, man. And I appreciate,
1: um, you know what I'm saying,
2: Uh, you know, I appreciate – you know, I, I reached out first, I'm to let everybody know, I reached out first because I seen, you know what I'm saying, you was thriving, you was a guy that voted and wanted to make something happen, and that's how I still feel, so eventually we're going to make something happen, you know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm watching your movement on Facebook, and I'm seeing it's like every other week you're on a production set putting out a new movie, working with new talent, you know? And, and, and you're giving a bunch of people opportunities because I've, I've spoken to a couple of people, and they like, oh, you know, Keith? And I was like, oh, Powell? They was like, yeah, 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 he's good people. You know, this, that, and third. He did this for me. He did that for me. You know, I'm in his new his new fits, you know. So it's, it's, it's definitely you're one of the producers that people that get into the game wish that they can have access to. Because you're not one that's gonna hide the information. You know, some people feel like what you do what 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 you're doing is gonna affect their pockets. So they don't wanna help you, you know, and you you're not taking that, that outlook on your on your production company. You're helping everybody that comes along, as long as they're willing to work. You know, so
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But,
1: but can I ask you, can you tell us a little about your journey in the production world?
2: Yes sir, yes sir. I can tell y'all about uh the production, the film industry, uh independent. Uh I'm an independent film maker, director, producer, actor, makeup artist and uh marketing promoter. Um so yeah, the film world uh it seems like it could be hard, but if you if you step in and you be determined and you stay motivated, you can you can manage anything, you know, anything could be possible. So you know a lot of people kinda you know kind of it's like it's like this a lot of people kind of have fear of failure, but you know each person fail, everybody fails, so if you fail, don't give up, you know what i'm saying uh a I failed ten movies, my first ten movies I failed, and i didn't i looked at the quality like, ah, my bad quality, the audio won't that good, but I eventually you know what I'm saying turning up a notch throughout the next couple of years. I got a better camera, I got better audio, um, I got better actors and more dependable people willing to, you know what I'm saying, uh sacrifice their time and, and and their effort just to come out and be a part of my production. So it's like, you know, you just gotta really want it and gotta be really determined and it's gonna happen, you know what I'm saying? So don't never be scared to uh this for any and everybody, don't never be scared to take a a step out of your shoes and, and jump into another journey that you maybe thought you could never accomplish because anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Okay.
1: What inspired you to choose or pursue a career as a producer?
2: Um, I kind of fell into the lane. uh, my real career was what I really wanted to do was become a movie star. You know, I wanted to be an actor, you know, I wanted that so bad that uh I actually tried through auditioning, uh actually going out of town like fall, spending so much money buying so much rooms and you know i kind of didn't get like accepted really but they gave me like you know extra roles or background roles and i kind of you know i kind of wanted to really get my foot into the door and i knew by you know going that route and trying to be a sag actor that's kind of the longest drive of trying to make it you know what i'm saying so i i took it upon my own self to like okay i'm gonna buy me a camera i'm gonna learn how to film make and I'm going to make it happen. If they don't give me an audition or not, I'm going to still make it happen. Because I first won't get an auditions. Everybody was turning me down. And then when I did get auditions, you know, I got kind of pushed back to the background role. So what inspired me was as a kid, you know what I'm saying, I always used to watch movies and TV. So, uh, you know, that kind of inspired me. And on top of that, my uncle used to always come down on family reunions and bring his video camera. He had, that's when we had cassette uh, cassette cameras, you know what I'm saying, with the tapes up inside of it. So yeah. he uh asked for broadheads down there, you know, throughout the years and record all the family reunions. So that kind of, you know, motivated me like, hey, I got to get a camera one day. Maybe I can make a movie, you know what I'm saying, because I see movies all the time. And what kind of helped me along the way was, you know, back then, I always played with toys and created stories, So that's how I'm good at creating stories. because all through my childhood, I played with just different types of sto- toys, whether it was toys or, like, instruments or sticks or tools, I played with it, you know what I'm saying, and created stuff out of that, you know what I'm saying? So all that stuff yeah. inspired me.
1: Okay. So how do you typically approach a new project as a producer?
2: Um... It'd be like an a, a idea, or either I see something, they give me an idea, they take that idea and create a story out of it. And then I look at uh, who I got, like, uh, as for who want to be in the movie, and I go around and start asking them auditioning them and see who best fits the role. Now, most of the time, I kind of know because I don't work with 100 people, or different actors. Yes. So I kinda know like who to call upon uh for certain roles now. But at first it was kinda hard because it was hard to get actors. So it just like you have to put out stuff to show everybody you're serious and that'll bring actors, you know, looking and checking out your stuff and, you know, as you as time moves past, you know, you get better and better over time. So, you know, people start coming in left and right, you know what I'm saying? I've been doing it for like six years now. I'm still a rookie though, you know. I ain't a vet, but you know.
1: Okay, okay. What are your
2: your key responsibilities as a producer? Um my key responsibilities as a producer uh I orchestrate the whole project. Basically, I call upon the cast, which makes which which is casting calls I do. Um I find all the locations. Sometimes actors help me find locations. Um I look up all the props I need. I buy some of them off Amazon, some of them on different websites. Um, I put all my actors in a group uh, on Facebook, and I tell them all the information. I call them one-on-one and have that one-on-one talk to them individually because I feel like that's the best way to get the uh, story to them if you talk to them one-on-one individually, because you talk to them all at one time in a group on a video chat, somebody ain't going to pay attention. So always kind of, I put them in a video, uh, I put them in a group chat to send out information, but I also make one-on-one phone calls to them. You know what I'm saying. Instead of us doing rehearsals, I kind of just do my rehearsal by just calling them one on one, telling them what they need to bring, how, who they who they gonna be, who they gonna portray as, uh, what outfits to wear, what props they might need to bring, um, just discussing everything from the bottom all the way to the top, so you feel like you got everything across the board.
1: Okay, what co- what qualities do you think is essential for? producer to be successful.
2: Say that one more time.
1: What qualities do you believe are essential for a producer to be successful?
2: Well, the thing is, uh, you know what I'm saying? Success. It's explained in a lot of ways. Some people look at success as different things. Some of them look at it as money. Some of them look at it as getting the project completed. Some of them looking at it as getting it on a platform. Some of them looking at it as, as uh, uh, they actually accomplish and create a film like they've never done before. So uh, the levels of success, it could be different. I look at it like, you know what I'm saying, like uh, – I'm not rich or wealthy, so I don't look at, you know, that as success. I look at it that you managed to pull a group together and actually got a film, you know what I'm saying, done and completed and got it out somewhere for everyone to see, you know, all the hard work they put into this project. So I look at that as a success because when it comes down to it, you never know what's going to happen in life that can ruin your film because anything can happen. But if you can actually get it done and you get it out there for everybody to see, whether it's good, whether it's bad, um, I look at that as success. You you made it happen.
1: Okay. Can you share with us a memorable moment that you the, you experienced as a producer?
2: Yes, I got a plenty of memorable moments. Um, like you know. Uh, Every moment when I get when I get done with a film and I got all my footage and I go back home and I start editing on it, you know what I'm saying, it's like a, a memory that can't never get out of my head because I get on there and just start creating, and I'd be like, dang, I can't believe we actually done this. We actually pulled this off. We pulled this scene off that I never thought I could pull off. So it's a lot of them that uh, uh, brings back memories when I think of it.
1: Okay, so what are the common concepts people have about roles of a producer?
2: Uh, Explain it a little bit more in detail.
1: You know, like some people say, like, okay, like for me, for instance, before I knew the position and job of a producer and everybody on set, I thought a producer did a whole bunch of stuff. But what I found out, was a producer is just that that's his okay. only job on set
2: okay yeah let me explain uh to everybody that might not know uh the difference between a producer a director a writer um and a film editor okay the producer you know what they really do the executive producer or the top producer of the company or whatever, they kind of put the money behind the film. They kind of make sure everything is, you know, is in line and and, and orchestrated. You know what I'm saying? Make sure they kind of over everybody, the overseer, you know what I'm saying? And making sure this project is completed, making sure this project is put out, making sure everything that's even small is accountable for, the director, he kind of only sat directing the story of what the writer written up. So the writer, all they do is kind of write and create the story. They pass it to the director. The director stands there and, and make sure everybody in place, get everybody lined up, and get everybody performing the story uh, that he directed them to do. Um, the film editor is the main key thing, you know what I'm saying? That's the one that's going to take everything y'all done, and put it together and make the magic happen. Um, they sit at the computer, they edit it up, they find the music, uh, they put in the scenes, they might got to, uh, you know what I'm saying, adjust things, you know what I'm saying? They might even got to go back to the crew and tell them, hey, we need a reshoot on this because it's just not right, you know what I'm saying? So each one of these categories are four main key points, the director, the producer, the writer, and the film editor. But when it comes down to the very end, who going to complete the project, you got to count on that film editor because without him, um, it won't get done. You know what I'm saying? You can produce all day. um, You can direct all day. You can write all day. But if you ain't got that editor to put it together, you kind of hurting. You know what I'm saying? So I look at the film editor. It's one of my most important key factors out of all four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: How do you approach building and maintaining relationships
2: within the industry
1: as a producer
2: um basically you know um what it is is you know I join groups, I talk to different varieties of directors uh producers and um writers and film editors uh you know I bring out a you know a professional approach um you know I also share like this stuff. Uh, you know what I'm saying, Uh, support, and you'll get support back. So you always kind of talk professional to them, you know, uh, 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 make sure you network with them by, you know, if they share some of yours, share back. You know, if they comment, react on your post, you know, comment, react back, and they keep it moving. So, you know, where, you know, you get to a point where, you know, some – Filmmakers will have a cast for you or you have a cast for some filmmakers. So it's like a networking thing. Okay.
1: So I got a question. How do you handle conflict and disagreements that arise up amongst your team on set?
2: Okay. Uh, when it comes to that, it's always one leader. You know what I'm saying? It's one leader. You might have, you know, a couple people that uh, have great ideas of, uh uh, 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 you know, help on the project as much as they can. But you only really going to have one main leader to give the final say-so, and that will be your executive producer. You know what I'm saying? He's even going to tell the film editor, hey, look, man, edit this a little better than that. You know what I'm saying? He's going to tell the director, hey, he'll cut the director. Hey, re- director, hold on real quick. I want him to switch up roles because, you know what I'm saying, it don't look right. You know what I'm saying? So he'll come in and be that main leader to keep everybody on track, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, you know, when you got three or four leaders, you can come into a problem where, you know, somebody don't agree on the idea, and y'all can't come to a resolution, and the project might not get done. So with my projects, I kind of take lead, you know what I'm saying? And then I have, like, you know, some co-generals helping me, through the process, but the co-generals, they'll kind of answer to me, and I just tell the co-generals, you know, I pass back down the word, and they'll do what they got to do to make, you know, the story happen, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a one-liter thing in my scenario during my, in my, basically in my films, it's kind of one-liter.
1: Okay. What do you think sets apart a successful production from an average one?
2: Well, like I said once before, I think if you get it done and you get it out for everybody to see it's successful, but if you want to talk about, like, the money-wise, you know what I'm saying, Um, you know, the more you put in, uh, the better your film going to be, you know what I'm saying? So it's really like you can have an average one and you can have a top one, but the main thing is, When you get your film done, you got to market and promote your film. That's the main thing. You can have the most trash movie, but you market and promote it right, everybody going to see your movie over this hit movie that won't market and promote it right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, success is like you got to be able to go after everything. You got to make sure your producer right, your film editor right, your director right, your writer right. You got to orchestrate the whole thing and then have your people to market and promote your film So it can become successful by a lot of people actually getting behind it, getting to know that you are actually a filmmaker making it happen in the film industry.
1: Can you share with us tips on managing a budget effectively for production or during production?
2: Um, Man, a lot of people do different ways. You know, you got some people that do fundraisers uh for film projects, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh what the word for, maybe it's not fundraisers, uh, you know, kinda acts in the the world to basically raise money to make the film. Some people do it that way. Some people uh know somebody, know somebody that got something to put on the uh film to make it happen. And some people just do it out of their own pocket. I'm one of the guys to kinda do it out of my own pocket. And uh, I started off doing like that. And Now, recently, I've been having some of the actors willing to pitch in there because, you know, after you put them in a couple movies and they see themselves on TV, they're willing to actually spend some money now there because you actually doing it. So when I first started off, if this were uh, an answer for the new filmmakers that want to be a filmmaker, when you first start off, kind of do something like a short short movie, you know, maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes long, something with a small cast so you won't have to put so much money out, and you got to do simple stuff, like simple stories so you can show the world that you can actually make it happen. That's why, you know, a lot of people uh kind of get stuck because they automatically want to jump up and do a Hollywood type of movie you know their first movie got to be like a Hollywood type. They want all these different t- type of crazy scenes that's going to be hard to pull off and they're not thinking outside the box. They're just thinking like okay, I know I can get all this done when when you got to look at the reality. Can you really get what you can get done? So I do try to I try to do simple stories that I can pull off where I don't need a, a giant budget. If I do like a horror, I'm probably going to use like the woods or warehouse, which I just go ask the, uh, the town council, hey, can I use this warehouse? How much I got to pay, Two, $300 for a day? Okay, all right, everybody come out here, we're going to film here. You know what I'm saying? I, I kind of use the money out of my own pocket. Yeah, and it got to a point where, you know, like you said, I don't put so many people in films. They offering money. They like, hey man, huh? Hey, what 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 are they gonna take to get me in the movie? How much I got to pay? Oh, uh, hey man, I give you this. You know what I'm saying, huh? Two hundred dollars on the movie. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I buy the Airbnb. Let's film it. You know what I'm saying? It it, it it came to like that. But when I first started off, like you said, you know, it's out of my own pocket. You know what I'm saying? I'm saving yeah. up. Each time I get paid from work, I save up. I save up. You know what I'm saying? I find a location that's cheap or either free, you know what I'm saying, like the woods at the Stunt River State Park or at any kind of park. It's free. It's film out there. So I get about three or four people. Hey, look, I write the story up. Um, I go over with everybody. I talk to them one-on-one. We all meet at the location on a certain date, and we go to film. You know what I'm saying? And actually yeah. – didn't have to use so much money out of my pocket because, like you said, the place, the area, the location is free. All I had to do was probably buy props. Props going to cost in the range between 100 to $200 of the stuff that you might need to make it happen. Like, say it was a horror movie, you might need some blood. You might need some little weapons, some prop guns. Um, you might need, you know what I'm saying, you'll just tell everybody where something they can mess up. So then you won't have to have, like, a... Uh, a, a wardrobe a budget on a wardrobe you just tell them hey what's something you can mess up but make sure it look kind of you know decent for the movie to look good you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like different ways uh you can do movies without worrying about a budget you just got to think like so you got to think simple you can't think too big and outrageous until you, you know put a couple films under your belt and i'm still in the predicament where i got films under my belt and I still can't go outrageous. I still don't want to try to do a Hollywood movie where, you know, we're on the interstate at a high-speed chase. You know what I'm saying? And Stuff like that you can't pull off. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Okay, so do you believe that the biggest challenge facing producers today is the budget? Or what do you think is the biggest challenge?
2: Well, um, for me... The biggest challenge is actually distribution for me. Now, at first, the biggest challenge was for me was actually getting actors. You know what I'm saying? I, was, the budget was never the biggest challenge because I never put my, myself in a predicament where I know I'm gonna need thirty, forty thousand dollars to make this movie when I could take two thousand dollars and make a movie. So you know I'm saying, yeah, I done made movies, uh no budget, you know what I'm saying? Just gas money and, you know, food to eat. You know what I'm saying? Um yeah. I done made movies like that before where you know we already got a free location, everybody already got their own wardrobe what they wearing, you know what I'm saying? And and I already yeah. have the props cuz I I I always buy props. Every film I buy props. So it's like I got so much props now that I don't have to go out and and need a budget to buy props, like prop guns, blood, or makeup. I got storage of different costumes and outfits, you know what I'm saying, that I don't pay for already. That, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're doing a – worrying about like a budget film, I kind of want to save that until you get, you know, at at that stage, you know what I'm saying, until I get like I'm in Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? Um, unless you're already a wealthy person and got plenty of money, you know, then you wanna okay, oh well, I'm wealthy, I got a hundred thousand dollars, so I'm gonna take fifty thousand and and do this type of movie. But for me, for instance, I crawl before I, I walk, you know what I'm saying, and then I walk before I run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, so that's why I do and that's how I get it done because I kind of don't uh, look at the budget to make a film. I look at who can I get to act good as this character that I need to make the film interesting and make the film believable. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I worry about that more than anything location and actors. Okay. Well, in conclusion
1: of tonight's interview, can you please give everybody your social media and ways that they can reach out to you if they're looking to become an actor, actress or learn any more from you about the produce the production world. And some of your movies. Uh,
2: yeah, uh uh yes, you can uh I'm on Facebook. Uh my name is Keith, K E I T H Lakin, L A, K E A N and Powell. P O W E L L. You can Google my name and find my movies uh, by just typing in my name. You can type in my middle name, L-A-K-E-A-N, and Google that, and you can find a whole lot about me. You know what I'm saying? I'm on Facebook. It's Keith King Powell. But you can Google my middle name, and you can catch all my movies. You see them on Tubi, Amazon Prime, Reveal TV, Plex TV, uh, Hero Go, um, and a lot more. So many, I can't name them all because I can't even think of them all. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, man. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on the show, my brother. Yes, yes, we do.
2: Yep. And um, like you said, well, I want to tell the people, um, never give up. Just stay determined um, and stay motivated and um, just think of something you actually can pull off when it comes to make. So if you ain't got no budget, maybe you got $300 to spend, try to find a free location, somewhere you can film that for free. Of course, the park be free, of course, your friend house will be free, or even your own house. you know what I'm saying. Grab just two or three actors and create a story uh something simple you can pull off like you could do somewhere, you know a lady and um uh, it's a woman she babysitting a little kid and there's a stock outside the house. You know what I'm saying that's three characters, you know what I'm saying, and they she's trying to save the little kid from the stalker, you know what I'm saying. And she got a bat them, you know what I'm saying? Just different ways you got to think of something you can actually pull off and make it happen without, you know, worrying about uh, the Hollywood type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Until we get there. Right, right. Absolutely.
1: So thanks again, my brother. I look forward to me and you talking later.
2: Yes, sir. I'd like to thank both of y'all um, for bringing me on the show. I'm honored to be on the show. It was a great experience. You know what I'm saying? I hope everybody, you know, heed my word of, of not being scared, not uh, 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 uh fearing failure. You know what I'm saying? Because if you fear failure, you never try it out, you'll never get it done. So always go after something you want. You know what I'm saying? Give it a try. Give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? Be even even if it don't come out to how you want it to be. If you get on set and you write up a story and on film day certain people don't come, you might got to change the story up a little bit. So, So it happens like that sometimes. So you change up your story a little bit and take who you got and film with who you got and make it happen because, you know, once you start showing people that you can do it and get it done no matter what, you know, everybody going to want to rock with you. And once you show everybody you don't give up or quit, everybody's going to want to rock with you. You know what I'm saying? So that's the key thing, like never giving up, quitting. Even if your main person you talked on the phone for six weeks, told you he was going to be there, he was going to be the main character, he don't show up, you have to transfer the next person to his role and show him that, okay, not one person not going to make me give up on my dream or give up on my hope. Don't never let one person spoil the bunch. Absolutely.
0: That's some awesome advice.
2: Yep. Um, I thank y'all. I thank you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Okay, so SC, is there anything else, uh, before we end the show?
1: No ma'am. No ma'am.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, once again, that was actor and producer Keith Lakeen Powell that does it for us. And stay tuned to our next episode. Good night, everybody.
2: Good night, Good night everybody.
1: Moms, we all
0: wish there were two more of us just to get through the day. Preparing lunches, snacks, dinners. We've all got a lot on our plates. That's where Fresh from Florida comes in. They have hundreds of recipes that make mealtime quick, easy, and healthy. And shopping for locally grown produce is a snap. Just look for the Fresh from Florida logo. When it's almost dinner time and you have to be three places at once, go to the one place that counts. Freshfromflorida.com. There's sunshine in every bite. With Kroger Delivery, even if you don't live near a Kroger store, you can still get fresh groceries delivered to your door. Kroger's professional drivers guarantee your food is handled with care. And their refrigerated trucks mean that every order gets you extra fresh. Visit Kroger.com and start your cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Enjoy a Boost by Kroger membership for 50% off. Clip your digital coupon and enroll to get fee-free delivery for less than $30 a year. Restrictions apply. See site for details.